You're here, which means that you've found spirit crumbs, leading you to your inner light worker. I will be sharing how these tiny little hints from the universe have led me to where I am today. I hope that by hearing my story and the stories of others, you'll pick up your own spirit crumbs along the way that will lead you to somewhere magical. Thanks for coming along for the journey. Let's see where it takes us. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Spirit Crumbs. I am your host, Andrea McCallum, and I am an artist and a healer. So today we have made it. We have made it to the final week of the Artist's Way series, week 12, Recovering a Sense of Faith. This one, I think, is such a beautiful way to leave off in the book, and I think that it kind of brings us like full circle because we start out looking for safety and it's so true that the more you feel safe and stable, the more you feel free to explore more options, to explore what else is possible because you're not so worried about the day to day and the fears that are are holding you back aren't really as strong anymore because you've learned who you are and what's important to you. And you've learned how to take a few risks and how to make time for yourself. And you've learned that when you set a boundary, it doesn't mean that everyone in the world is going to suddenly hate you. (laughs) And I think what I've been learning in the last week or so is that for me, boundaries, yes, have been coming up around other people. I'm recording this on the full moon in Gemini. And for me, the Gemini energy is usually in full or new moon form around boundaries and communicating them for me because my Chiron is also in Gemini. And I think that in terms of this, recovering a sense of faith, it kind of makes us go past those boundaries a little bit and to not rely on them quite so much. In the first section, we're talking about trusting. And this is something that I have been working on quite a bit. And like I said, I've been working on boundaries, but self boundaries more than anything. And I think because I know that I do have this inner sense of faith and trust, and I know that things are going to work out. Sometimes I forget to leave space for the dreaming because I just get so wrapped up in the other things I'm doing, which in one way is good because I'm not holding on to fears and that's not really what's taking up my energy. But as we discovered in previous episodes, work is where I put a lot of my energy. And I think as much as I can be wholeheartedly trusting, I forget that I need to leave that space for the magic to happen and need to like surrender once in a while and not fill all of my time. One of the things that came up for me in the last couple of weeks was that I was listening back to one of Danielle Squamish Medium's lives from her IGTV and it was from December 16th last year. I'm recording this on the 18th this year. And she was asking whoever was watching, like what we were trying to manifest in our lives. And she used my, like I had typed in a comment and said that I was manifesting time freedom. And she said, okay, but like, what does that look like to you? And I don't think I really thought about that part of it. I just had this vision that all of my time would be my own and I would do what I wanted with it. And I would have all this time for like 
meditation and writing and dreaming and making art. And I don't really spend a lot of time on any of those things because what happened was I wasn't specific and I filled the time up kind of with work again. I still have more time than I did before the pandemic when I had other jobs and I had a schedule for sure. But I feel like I am someone who needs to have firm boundaries on when I'm going to do the work. Because if I just say I'm going to always work, then I end up doing it, but also not really focused because I'm trying to do all of the other things I know I need to do in between. And so this idea of trusting really resonates with me right now, because even though we can have this sense of trust, we also still need to have some structure around it. Like we need to have time to let these things work themselves out and not try to force and control. And the reason I'm bringing up this particular aspect is because the first quote in the book says, creativity requires faith. Faith requires that we relinquish control. And I think control is what this comes back to a lot of the time, right? We don't trust because we have no precedent for that. (laughs) We haven't allowed ourselves to do it in the past. And in the past, when things have worked out, we think it's because we had control. And so we resist um, any trusting and leaving that space because it's a form of self-sabotage to to like maintain the illusion of control, right? Because we think we have control, but we don't. And I think that it's a good practice that I did today because I haven't done it in a while to sit and look at all the times things just really worked out well for you and looking at what you were doing at that time. And for the most part, for me, when I had, you know, a vision of what my next chapter would be or a new idea, it was when I was just leaving space when I was just asking for what I wanted or asking for something to show up and just leaving that space there and not trying to figure it out myself. And I think I talk about this all the time and I'm very familiar with this, but even I get wrapped up in this control when we want something really badly. Sometimes we like just try to make it manifest ourselves, but like we forget, like we're humans. We don't actually have control of the universe as much as we would like to think that we do. And when I look back at like, when I went back to school originally, I just wrote in my journal and wrote, I am going to quit my job. I had no idea what the time frame was, really didn't have an expectation. I didn't like hate my job at the time or anything. And it was like, you know, there's no rush. But within a month, I was like, I'm going back to school. And I received that from being pulled over to a direction on my dresser and looking and seeing a book that inspired me. And when I got the idea for my podcast editing, which is most of my business right now, I was in the shower and just said, if I didn't work for this job anymore, what would I do to make money? And I came up with a solution in the shower, like within five minutes, because I didn't really have an idea and I was open to it. Cause again, didn't hate my job. It was familiar to me. It was something I was comfortable with. I liked the people I worked with. It was fine. And that was every time I look at that evidence, it reminds me like, it's okay to leave space and to just trust that something will show up. And I have no reason to believe that it won't when I start looking at the evidence, because most of the time when things didn't work out or when things went poorly or when I was disappointed was when I forced something to happen and I knew it wasn't the right thing, right? I just needed to fill the space. So keeping that in mind, the next quote is each of us has 
an inner dream that we can unfold if we will just have the courage to admit what it is and the faith to trust our own admission. This part is another thing because for me, it is something that comes kind of naturally where I'll have a vision of what it is I want to do next. But like I said, even that sometimes is unclear. Even right now, like I know that I want to do more work with my art and my healing next year. And so I'm kind of putting that out there saying like, that's where I want to have, that's what I want time for. And that's what I don't, I haven't allowed and haven't left the time for now. And so admitting that is like me saying, okay, now universe, this is what I would like. And now I have to leave it until I really feel like I have the right thing come up for me that I can feel in my body is the solution. And there's this thing that like our society makes us think that we should be like, she uses the phrase dutiful and then die. But actually she says we are meant to be bountiful and live. And even that, I think that is a quote that she took from somewhere. I can't remember where, but it's true. Like we are so conditioned to think that we have to do a certain amount of work and we have to like push through all this other stuff in order to be deserving of a life that feels spacious to us. And that's what prevents us from even admitting to other people what it is we want to do. And I think one of the most powerful things for me is when I just say the thing and it takes me a while, but what happens is I'll say it out loud. I'll say, this is what I want to do. I'll say it two or three times. And by the third or fourth time, I am just like, I can't stand listening to myself talk about this. I think I've mentioned this on other episodes and then I'll just be like, how am I going to do this? And I put it into spirit and something shows up. And I think if all of us, like, I want to challenge you now that we've gotten through these 12 weeks, I like feel very emotional right now. Cause it's like 12 weeks is a long time to even dedicate to something, right? So 12 weeks, three months, however you want to put it. If you've been listening and following along, even if it's not like the whole time, or even if you're binging this all at once, the fact that you've committed to even listening to this series, like there's part of you that has something that needs to be put out there. Right. And it's like, I do feel this, like, I feel this overwhelming, like emotion right now, because I feel like there's some of you that haven't even said it out loud to anyone yet. You are curious and you're listening and you're devouring content like this and you're feeling inspired. But for me, the most courageous thing is saying it out loud to someone and, um, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Um, I started listening, well, started reading Brene, Brene Brown's, um, Daring Greatly, which I've heard her do the talk and I've like learned, I've heard her on Oprah and like, I've heard it, but I've never read it. I've only read like the first chapter maybe, but she's obviously like, she started out researching shame, right? And like, all the ways that our society is set up to make us feel that being vulnerable is bad. And that it's a risk we shouldn't take. I don't know if it's the full moon and <laughs> the fact that, like I said, it's like in Gemini, but, and I'm communicating this, but for me, even when I've said a dream out loud and someone hasn't had a good reaction to it, 
and they made me feel like it was crazy. I still did it anyways, right? Like I allowed them to have their feelings about it and maybe I didn't react great to that, but I didn't stop doing it. I didn't stop moving forward. And that's something that I'm really grateful I have that in my energy and like that trust, right? And that's something I've always had. I've always had this like trust and faith, which is why it's it's very easy for me to forget that I have it because it's so natural. And it's easy for me to get swept up in these other forms of conditioning around work, especially as we know, and to forget the magic. And that's why when I do catch myself in a moment where like every day, I like if you follow me on Instagram, I'm always posting sunsets, always. And I've talked about this before. Today, I woke up and I could barely see out my window because it was snowing and it was just so magical. And those are the days when I slow down and I just think, okay, there's a bigger reason why I'm doing all of this. I'm not you know, coming up with these new offerings and these things to just be at my desk again for eight hours a day. Right. And then I realized like, I want other people to do what I'm doing. I want other people to have their voice out there. That's why I do it. And it's because I think there's always little things that we tell ourselves we can't do. And that's why. And so that's why, like, I know some people say they're technically challenged or that they aren't good at getting the message out the way they want and that there are certain things they don't want people to hear. And like, while I think like sometimes I just release my episodes without editing them, I think if it, if it takes that for you to put it out there first and you need someone to do that, then that's why I do what I do. Right. Like, so I feel like some people just need the parts they don't enjoy doing to be taken over. Right. And that's why, like, I don't mind doing their repetitive tasks. I like it. I like hearing what it sounds like when I fix something or when I make something sound clearer, just saying it out loud. Like that's why on this podcast, I'll say it loud. Even if I know I might fail at it or I might not follow through. Like when I was saying like three times this year that I was feeling like I needed a period of rest and that I was just going to leave myself space. And I definitely did not do that. Every time I said that I came up with a new offering and like, I definitely did not do well, but I still put it out there. I'm not going to go delete those episodes or like apologize for it because like I'm living my life. I'm following the path as it comes. Right. I just want to put it out there that I don't always follow through either. I don't a hundred percent of the time do what I tell other people to do. I just sometimes do what needs to be done. Right. I don't, I'm not, any further along than anybody else on this path. I'm just maybe more aware of it. So I don't want to ever have you feel like I'm somehow like miraculously good at these things. I haven't done an, a proper artistry in like three weeks, right? I stopped telling you about them. So I stopped doing them. And that's where like I had, that's it. But for me, that is a good thing because then it makes me think, okay, that's an area I need to work on. So I'm going to work on it. And now that's my new goal is to make more space. Like I said, like I said, I wanted time freedom, but like, what am I doing with it? I'm adding more work in. I'm getting into old patterns. I'm not holding boundaries with myself. Right. And that kind of leads me into the next quote, which says it is the inner commitment to be true to ourselves and follow our dreams that triggers the support of the universe. And that's like, kind of what I was talking about. Like when you actually commit and you're like, okay, and you say it out loud and you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. 
then you do start to have those spirit crumbs line up to help get you in that direction. And one of the things she talks about is how the universe mirrors our internal beliefs. And so I've talked about this before in terms of like manifestation, but like if you don't believe that you can have something or you don't really feel like you want it, maybe you're just saying it out loud because it sounds like something that you would want, then you're not going to actually manifest that. It's not going to work out the way you plan because there's part of you that's secretly not wanting it. Right. And like, I've had experiences even in terms of like abundance this year where I've said, I want abundance, but then at the same time, I'm like, but only this much and like trying to control it. And then it's like, no, like that's not, you can't say you want abundance and then try to like choose how much, right. And like how it's going to come. And it says like in the, this chapter, when you're on the right path, you just know the right next action, but you don't need to know what the end goal is, right? Like you don't need to know what the big picture is because, you know, I don't think we would keep taking the actions if we knew how big it was going to get, because it's much easier when there's like a gradual increase and a gradual expansion than just all of a sudden being thrown in the deep end, right? Like if somebody told me a year ago that I was just going to be okay with not working for anyone and working for myself and having a podcast and showing up every week on Instagram, I guess a year ago wasn't even the right amount of time because I was aware of this and I was on this path. So let's say before 2020, let's say, I probably would have thought it would be too much, right? Too much all at once. I probably wouldn't have kept going with all of the other things. I probably would have said, okay, but like, what about art? Why am I still in school? Like, you know, like you question, whereas I know that's coming up later. But I think the more we're just following what we need to do from, you know, step to step, it's easier for us to just build that trust because we keep having something else show up, right? As long as another step keeps showing up, we build our trust. And then I was actually, it's funny, I was going to say this, but the next quote that I wrote down is by trusting, we learn to trust. And Brene Brown talks about this in vulnerability where like, you can't trust someone without vulnerability, but you can't be vulnerable unless you trust them. So there's this like, what she says is like a chicken and an egg thing, right? Where you somebody like at some point, you have to take a risk, there's always risk involved, you don't know how someone's going to react, you don't know if they're going to reciprocate. And I think for me, in relationships, especially like, cause you're in a relationship with the universe, right? It's a co-creation. You're, you both need to be doing stuff, right? Like you need to trust that they're going to do that. The universe is going to do its part to figure out how things are going to come to you and what things are coming. But you also need to make the decision to do something with that. And it's the same as a relationship. Like if you're always the one calling and making the effort and showing up and the other person is just taking it and not doing anything with it, eventually you're going to stop wanting to do things for them, right? You're going to be like, why am I the only one doing this? Like, I'm going to wait till to see if they're really serious. And the universe does that too, right? And I think like we can put so much expectation on ourselves sometimes that we forget that there's the other person, right? Like there's the universe. And like, I know that's one of my things where like if I notice that pattern happening where... I'm giving and giving and I'm the one showing up and the other person's always canceling on me or the other person 
forget that we have plans or the other person just expects me to be the one, let's say like doing all the driving and I'm just like exhausted. Um, that's what happens is eventually I just assume I either first just assume that it has to be on me and that that's the way it is. And I keep pushing myself, but eventually I'm just like, no, I'm going to see what happens if I just don't do anything and see how they feel about it. And a lot of times they don't like it right? They don't like it at all. And I think that we have to think about the universe in that way. Like it's still an energy. We're interacting with like a living energy, right? And it's like, if it keeps sending us spirit crumbs, giving us opportunities, showing us what we could have, having people offer us things, and we keep saying no, and we're not showing up for ourselves as much as it's not always in our control. Sometimes there are obviously other things at play but if we are actively choosing not to do the things that we say we want eventually the universe is not going to break up with us <laughs> but it's gonna take a break right it's gonna be like okay well then you if you like what you're doing so much clearly you love what's happening already in your life so I'm just gonna leave you to it and see what happens when you're just out with that and then you know that feeling I know we've all had that feeling where you're doing the same thing, you're loving the same life. And all of a sudden, just one day you're like, oh my gosh, like I can't keep doing this. Like, why am I not getting any opportunities? Like, why is nothing coming for me? Why is this all the same? But then like, if you look at it, it's like, what have you done, right? That's always a check-in for me. If I feel frustration around, you know, around not having things go my way or things not showing up the way I want them to, I ask myself, I actually will be like, okay, well, if I feel like this is something I should have by now. What have I been doing to make sure that it happens? And more often than not, I've been slacking on something I said I was going to do something. I it was part of my deal with the universe, like, you know, making the time, right? <laughs> so it's like, yes, yeah, sometimes it's hard to say no to opportunities because they feel like they would be aligned. But if you really check in with yourself, sometimes we're just scared that another one won't come, right? And so seeing to believe and believe, believing to see is like kind of the other side of that, where some people feel like they need to like see the proof in order to like believe that it's safe to go there. But I tend to be more the believe to see kind of person where like, I'll do the thing if I feel strongly that it's something that is possible or something that I want. And then eventually you have your own evidence, right? You have your own seeing to believe. Like once you've done it a few times and you've taken that first initial risk, then like I said, I listed like some evidence of like times things worked out for me when I just trusted. And then the next section is on mystery in this chapter. And she talks about how creativity happens in the darkness in like the unknown, in the uncertainty that we all really are afraid of most of the time. There's a quote that she says, creativity, like human life itself, begins in darkness. So she's referring to like the gestation period, right? And so like, when you look at it the way she describes it, where there's this like long period before like a flash of inspiration comes. It's the same as like, if you think about it, if you go into a dark room, 
it was dark the whole time until you went in and turned on the light, right? Like, and there's nothing wrong with the darkness. The room's still there, you know? But sometimes it just takes someone coming and turning on the light. And you wouldn't notice that it was, that it, the light was on if it wasn't on yet, right? Like, you only know the light's there when you turn it on. And I think it tells us, too, in this chapter that, like, things can't be birthed prematurely either it's something where we need that in-between phase and for me this is so true because she talks about like doodling mulling on the page when you're writing doing all the like steps to like try to pretend you're doing it kind of you know putting the energy there and for me I've talked about this before in my artistic process there's a huge chunk of time that's just me researching looking at stuff letting it play out of my head doodling about it, journaling about it, thinking of ways I might be able to put things together, thinking of things I've done in the past. Like I spent forever. And it was true even when I was in school and had deadlines, I would spend a ridiculous amount of time on like the research phase. And I'm a very fast person once I'm physically doing it. Once I know what I want to do, I'm fast. I'm a generator. Like I can get things done, right? I will keep working on it. And I think that's kind of what we forget. It's like every time we start something new, we forget that that's part of the process and we think we just have to like get moving on it. But as she says here, the creative process is a process of surrender, not control. So trying to be productive is not going to be conducive to creativity. The mystery and surprise is what leads us there. And she gives the analogy of bread. Like if you over need it, it's not going to rise and you're going to be disappointed, right? Like sometimes you only need to put so much in, so much effort in and then just allow it to happen. And that's what happens for me. I like know what I want to look at. I know what I want to read. I know what I want to do. And then for a while, like that's what I'm, I'm in that stage right now for create in terms of creativity. I'm in one of these dark periods where I'm not doing anything artistic right now. But I'm not worried about it because this always happens. And now I've gone to the point where I know that's part of the process. It's almost the mystery is the exciting part because I don't know what I'm going to do next. <laughs> I have no idea what my next project is going to be. I could start with a whole new material. I've done that a lot of times. Like that's how I ended up mixing concrete in my living room because I was just like, wouldn't it be cool if I just wanted to do this? Like if I just use concrete and I just did. I didn't even think about it. So... That leads us into the next section, which is the imagination at play, which, again, is very similar to this. But she says that, like, too much we focus on what she says, art with a capital A, like fine art, but she relates that to ambition. She says, we are an ambitious society, and it is often difficult for us to cultivate forms of creativity that do not directly serve us and our career goals. Recovery urges our re-examining definitions of creativity and expanding them to include what in the past we called hobbies. The experience of creative living argues that hobbies are in fact essential to the joyful life. This is huge. This is like exactly where I think even my own questioning of my creativity comes in sometimes because I'm not someone who just you know, can sit down and just paint a painting because I feel like it. That's not me. And I think because it's like that goes back to comparison and all the things we've also talked about. But like, there's this idea that there needs to be like a certain outcome, right? Like you need to have 
something specific that's considered valuable in order for it to be worthwhile to go through the process. And um, next week, actually, I have an episode coming out with Sarah from Spiritually Inspired, and we had a whole conversation about this. So I'm not going to go into too much detail because we talked about this at length. Most of our conversation, which was about the book and about creativity and spirituality, but most of our conversation was about this, how it's so inspiring when someone has a hobby that they just do because they love it, because it drives their creativity, it lights them up, it makes them feel joy. And that's something that I know I need to incorporate more because I also try to fit into all of the different categories of like what people do. But sometimes for me, you know, it's just doing things that are not traditionally fun, but I find fun. And so going back to like, I'm going to pull out probably next year at some point, start learning sewing again, because I have my grandmother's sewing table and I did get it working for a bit in 2020 but that was before I got really into my spiritual practices and whatnot but just the things that I kind of forgot I liked doing is what I'm going to focus on like when I remember one of them I'm just going to go for it because that is where the magic is right that's where our imagination is just open when we're focused on a certain outcome, it doesn't leave a lot of space for us to imagine other possibilities because all our brain is trying to do is lead us to that specific outcome. And I think that goes back to what I was talking about of even like time freedom. Like if I am so focused on just doing work, then naturally I'm going to fill my time with doing more work. But if I only take on projects that inspire me and leave time for these other things like my healing work, because I know there's a modality that I'm creating that is just taking longer because I'm not leaving the space. Um, I know that I want to spend more time in different forms of meditation. I know that I want to do more art. And so I also know that that's going to be part of my income in some way. It's not reliant on that. I'm not depending on it because now I have a stable income elsewhere. And I feel like this is that magic I was talking about where like, when you have that stability, the other stuff can just be fun, right? Even if you do end up making an income off of it, if you first start out by leaving it in a fun space, in this play space, then there's not pressure on it. There's no outcome that you're relying on for anything. There's nothing reliant on it. And that actually inherently adds to the fun. And as she says, the more we do this, the more we're freer from our ego and we're closer to like spiritual source right so play is really important she talks about how like the morning pages and artist dates will give us more hints into what we might be wanting to try as a hobby and you know things that this time of year tend to come up for me are like cooking wrapping presents um home decor because we spend more time inside right and so like for me I'm going to try and like harness more of that energy when there's something that I'm going to do anyways, or something that comes up or comes to mind, I'm going to actually try to slow down and spend time in the process instead of just being like, okay, I need to get all these wrapped or like, okay, I need to make dinner really quick. I'm going to try to allow a little bit more time around those activities. And then she talks about how 
when we are like slowly shifting into this new version of ourselves, she says it can feel like, and this is a quote, you're either losing your mind or gaining your soul. Life is meant to be an artist's date. That's why we were created. It brings us back to that like faith, right? That spiritual part of it where we were meant to be here to explore ourselves. And most of us, I would say, don't feel like our identity has anything to do with the things we feel like we have to do, right? That's, yes, we have to do those things. But if we focus all our attention on things we have to do, we aren't looking at ourselves, right? We're just checking boxes. And the more I have done that in my life to slow down and say, okay, I need, you know, I need to have time to just think about what I like. That's when I've made huge shifts in my life. And I've completely overhauled my life in those times. And yeah, it is a little bit scary sometimes. And some changes are more gradual than others. But you really do have to look at who you are at the core, not who you are in your roles with other people. The next section is escape velocity. And she said there's the theory of like romance, which I believe she quotes in the book. It's one of her friends or someone she knows. And she says like, when you're going to leave someone, they know, right? They sense that you're getting close to it. And she says it's like the same as like a rocket that's about to launch. Like there's just this like energy when you're about to make a big shift. And so she said ourselves or people around us, like, we'll reach for a wet blanket, right? One of those people that's going to tell us it's it's not a good idea or who's going to squash it because it's this like panic moment we get right before we're about to do the big thing where we're going to get sucked back into our patterns. And so for example, she said like telling your excitement to a skeptical friend is a bad idea if you're right about to launch and you're ready and you're in that energy. The last thing you want to do is stop yourself go to someone else and leave a chance that you're going to get taken off your path again, right? Because none of us do this one time and it's just straight shooting, right? It's like, we always have these like twists and turns when we allow opinions in or when we allow ourselves to give up what we want for someone else or when we listen to some well-meaning advice that somebody tells you it's not a great time to do this. And Again, it doesn't have to be a huge shift, but just making that little bit of time. Like if somebody won't give you an hour a week to do something that you love, then that needs to be reevaluated, right? And you need to ask yourself why you're allowing that to happen. She says the first rule of magic is self-containment. And this is kind of like what I feel. I If I go quiet for a while, um, actually, I read the rest of the quote because I feel like this is good. She says, the first rule of magic is self-containment. You must hold your intention within yourself, stoking it with power. Only then will you be able to manifest what you desire. And that's like exactly how I feel about things now. I used to try to go to other people and tell them, like when I was like really thinking like, this is amazing. I should totally do this. I would go and tell someone and often their questions would be, 
enough for me to be like, oh, you're right. Like I didn't think this through, but sometimes like, to be honest, sometimes you don't need to think it through because that's giving your ego a chance to talk you out of it. Right. We've talked about this before, like your inner critic. And when you're putting your power in someone else's opinion, you're not allowing yourself to find out what's possible. And how she says to like choose fluffy heated towels over wet blankets. If you are going to share with someone, make sure it's someone that supports you that's already on board. Because if you don't know if they're on board and you're, you are on board, you're literally on the rocket. You're like a bit to take off and you're happy about it. Ask yourself why you need someone else to be happy for you in that moment. Right? Like I have to admit, like most of the time when I make big choices, I do the thing and I'll hear what people are saying, but I'm not really absorbing it. It's not until afterwards when I'm looking back and I'm like, wow, that person really didn't want me to do this. Or like that person really didn't believe in me or like those questions were kind of, you know, coming out of a place of fear. And I've gotten to a point where like now I'll do the thing and then be like, oh, I guess that was kind of wild. <laughs> I guess that's something people don't just do. But the more I've done that, the more things have worked out for me, honestly and truly. Like that's just what I've learned. And that's why Spirit Crumbs is like such a really tangible term for me because the more I follow it, the more it shows up. And that is where that trust has been built for me. I've never really... I don't think I've ever taken a chance on something that felt a hundred percent like very good to me. And it turned out badly. Like, yes, there's things that I've done where I was like, I wanted to do them, but, and they didn't necessarily work out long-term, but what I gained from those things was enough for it to be worth it. And I think about even when I was young and I didn't even want to learn how to drive. I was kind of like, no, I mean, I did for a long time while I saw myself doing this driving. And then all it took was for someone to ask like, well, why do you need to do it now? Why is there an urgency? And then I was like, yeah, you're right. I don't need to. And I took transit for years until I was with a partner and they wanted to get a job downtown in Toronto. And we were living north of there and, there was no transit at the time that would get me to where I needed to go in a reasonable way. It would have taken me like forever and my shifts were early. So I was like, well, I guess I have to get a car. And then I did. <laughs> we like found an apartment. I got a car. I bought it brand new off the lot, drove it, up, drove it off the lot. We moved that week. Um, and I was driving. I was driving on a highway. I learned how to drive in a city. I you know, loved driving. And I've been driving ever since until now when my car, I don't have a car. And now I'm kind of back in that space where it's like, okay, what is important to me at this point, isn't important for me to be driving all over. Maybe it's time for me to not always be on the go. Maybe it's time for me to slow down. And now I've learned to just trust, like, it's still difficult. I still cried for days, like when my car was being taken away, but it, was allowing me to move that emotion through me and trust, right? Now I'm like, okay, well, it's kind of fun. I do more walking. I have to be more intentional with my time. If I'm going to go out, I try to do more than one thing at a time. And it's kind of nice to feel like I accomplish things. But when I come back and, you know, it's just 
it's something you have to choose over and over again. The last quote I wrote down here that I just saw is so funny because I did this a few days ago and I've been talking about this so much, but it says, set your goals and set your boundaries. <laughs> and I literally forgot I wrote this down because I purposely tried this week to do this earlier in the week because what I've been doing is doing it like right when I'm about to record or the day before. And I was like, no, I'm going to do this early. I'm going to just read it, absorb it, take my notes and then come back to it. And looky what happened. I'm learning the messages I wrote down. And yeah, so that's my thing for the next coming year. And that's what I'm my biggest takeaway from the reading this book again, is the commitment to yourself, the commitment to what the possibilities are for you and learning that all of the other things, all of the other things, the fears, the other people's opinions, the judgments, the what ifs, the failures, none of that fucking matters. <laughs> I just, you know, it's been a rough year for me. But it's been a great year for me because I stopped caring what other people thought. Like, obviously, I genuinely care about people and they're people that I, I value their opinion. Okay, I'm never saying that, like, you never have to listen to another person again. But what I realized is I don't have to check in with other people before I make a decision for myself. When it impacts other people, yes, of course, but on a day-to-day -day basis in my life, you start to realize like the things you think impact other people or you think you need to check in with other people for, there's very few things that actually genuinely need someone else's opinion. And specifically with like, for me, how I spend my time, I don't like having to tell someone how I spend my time. I'll tell someone how much time I spent on something, you know, if it's in terms of like a project or something, if I'm like estimating my time of spending on it or something, but I don't have to like report what time I worked on it and like how many hours each day. Right. And I think that like, I think we spend too much time doing that, justifying everything right just find like why like I even was doing this until recently where it's like I would spend money on something I fucking needed and feel like if I mentioned it to someone I'd have to justify why I deserve to spend that money on myself and you know I deserve it I've worked really fucking hard I've gone through a lot I've learned so many lessons and now that the abundance is coming, this is what I have to deal with now is that like, I don't have to justify anymore. Yes, I made mistakes in the past. We all do. But the people that make you feel like you haven't learned the lessons or don't consider that you have, those are people who probably haven't learned their own lessons, right? It's not about me. It's not about me at all because like, I trust me. And I know the universe trusts me or I wouldn't have things coming to me that I do right now, right? Like the universe knows that I can, I'm going to do something great with what it's sending me now. I really didn't expect this today. I just like, I just like get really emotional thinking about this stuff because I think about how many people I talk to 
that say they wish they could do even what I was doing. And I'm not like, to me, it doesn't feel like a lot because I do things so gradually. Like it seems big because I don't always share it along the way. And yeah, I do sometimes make gigantic leaps. Like let's not, let's not pretend I don't. But it's just committing to yourself, choosing yourself. That's the biggest thing. Like I sometimes feel like I risk, the biggest risk I take sometimes is that like I come across as very selfish and very focused on myself. But the thing is like, I know that when I don't do that, I don't move forward. I don't feel fulfilled, you know, and I'm trying to find a bigger balance now that I've focused on myself enough, I feel like, to kind of like build up my tank again and feel like I am not drowning. You know, like I found the level where, you know, I can take a bath, but I'm not, it's not, there's no danger of falling in the deep end, you know, there's no deep end now, I feel like, it's just like, it's just at the point where I know that I'm feeling secure in what I've done for myself and the point that I've gotten to and that thankfully now, most of my decisions, all of my decisions actually only really impact me unless it's like a direct thing to someone else. Right. And the more I can trust myself and that's the thing, trust needs to be internal as well. Trusting yourself in the universe, that, that relationship for me is the one that I lean on the most. Like, yes, I know my family's there and I appreciate them and my friends and, you know, the circle. I, that's a different level, right? Because it's more external and they're all humans having their own experience, right? So I can't expect that my wild visions that I have are going to be I guess like that are going to feel the same way to other people. Right. And I think that's a big thing is that we want other people to feel the way we feel. And you have to just realize like other people don't want the same things, or maybe they don't want the same things, things for the same reasons. Right. And like the more, like, I really just want you specifically you, I want you to commit to yourself and to realize that what you want, like those things that make you feel expansive and like you're in the presence of magic, that matters so much. That is like the only thing that at the end of your life is going to matter. Yes, the people you love, obviously, but if you all you do is love other people, and make sure they're happy, you're not going to get to the end of your life and be completely fulfilled, right? Like you can't, you're not responsible for other people's happiness. You're responsible for how your relationship is with those people and that you're holding up your end of the relationship, right? Like what we were talking about with trust and vulnerability um, and being there for people and showing up. Yes. But you're not responsible for every aspect of their lives. Like, I feel like we just feel that if something's not going well for someone that we have to do something to fix it. And that's not the case. Like we, the only person we're responsible to do that for is ourselves. So I really want you to 
take away from this whole 12 week process, what you're feeling the most, that burning fire inside, like what part of it resonates the most and then commit to yourself that you're going to do something to take a step in the direction of that. So whether it's just doing more inner work, whether it's making more time, whether it's doing more playful things, whether it's spending more time on your morning pages or your artist dates or trying to have conversations or create boundaries, whatever it is you need to do. I really, really want you to do it. Like I can't even explain to you how it feels to be sitting here in my office. Like I'm going to cry again. It's snowing outside. I know I have things to do, but I also know that like most of the pressure that I feel is from myself. And so that makes me have to question my own boundaries, right? And like my own expectations. And it feels so nice to know that I can just sit here and enjoy a coffee and there's no one questioning what I'm doing. Yes, I live alone and I realize most people do not. But I just mean in general, even the people that know me, they don't question me, right? They know that I'm doing something that is aligned for me. And what I would like to hope is that it's inspiring them to want to do those things for themselves as well. I, I feel like if anything, I want people to walk away from listening to these episodes or having conversations with me about what my goals are and what I've been through. And I want them to be like catalyzed into doing that transformation for themselves. That's where my placement is for my career is in Scorpio, which is helping people go through transformations. And in the new year, that's what I'm going to be focusing on a lot is healing and shadow work and those kinds of, I guess I'm thinking like healing circles or membership of some sort. I'm not sure I'm letting it unfold, but I just really want you to know that I do want you to do amazing things. I really, really do. I do have a link in my bio on both of my Instagram accounts for a newsletter. So you can sign up to be on the wait list. I'm going to be releasing probably in January, a list of either when I'm going to be releasing new offerings or when I have my calendar filled up again. So if you want to be on the list for one or both, you can sign up there. And the other thing I wanted to mention again is that I am going to do some sort of an anniversary episode at the end of January. So I would love for you to comment or share or DM me what your favorite episode is or what takeaway you enjoyed the most from an episode. And feel free to let me know what you would like to hear me revisit. I will probably do a compilation of some sort of clips, but I also plan to do some sort of a reflection myself as well. So thank you so much for coming along this journey with me for The Artist's Way and just with the podcast in general. And I look forward for you to hear the episode next week with Sarah, where we talk about creativity on a more personal level. And I think you'll find her very inspiring. Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Spirit Crumbs. You can find me on Instagram for this podcast at Spirit Crumbs, or you can also find me at Concrete and Crystals for my own spiritual offerings and more tidbits about my own journey. 
Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.